0: Welcome to the J Two Hub Podcast, where we focus on everything from property development, hot entrepreneurially business topics, and real-life scenarios facing business owners just like you and I. Brought to you by James Sahota, we bring you exciting real-life property, business, and entrepreneurially related hot topics, and that little bit more. Welcome to another episode of the J2Hub podcast. I'm super, super happy today to have someone on the podcast that I've been following for a number of years. Um, I saw this guy at a 10x property event where no one actually knew who he was. Um, but I remember speaking to everybody on the lunch break and the coffee breaks and everybody was saying, who was that chap who just spoke on the stage? He was fantastic. Why don't we know about him? Why don't we know what he does and who he's all about? So I thought, what better way of trying to get everybody in the property game to know who this guy is then getting him on a podcast. So I'm very, very happy to introduce today to the J2Hub podcast, Alfie Best over here. Thank you very much, firstly, Alfie, you for giving mind. me your time. I know you're a very busy man, so I really, really do appreciate it. Um, I'm going to kick off and just ask you, Alfie, straight away, um, tell tell the guys about yourself. Who are you? Where have you been? What do you do?
1: Okay. Okay. Um... Anytime anybody ever asks me that, it makes me sound or feel important, and I'm not. I'm a nobody, and I will continue for the rest of my life being a nobody. But what I do makes a difference. And what I'm really trying to say is the moral of that story is: you don't have to be anybody to do something special. For instance, uh, we own and operate. Wildcrest Park, which is one of our companies, which is uh, Europe's largest residential mobile home park operator. We have close to 14,000 residents throughout the UK. We have five parks uh, in America, in North Carolina with 500 residents. And we have further operations of uh, 18 different um, extremely luxurious properties in Barbados. And um, We also have a a number of other businesses from finance companies to motor hire to social um, housing and affordable housing for the gypsy and travelling community, as well as the retired community, as well as the fixed abode normal community. Housing is our, is what we do, but it's affordable housing. Okay. Um, we're very good at it. If I can be so bold, we're the best at it. But it isn't because of me. It's pretty well because I'm blessed with an extremely dynamic team mm-hmm. who believe in the vision of what we're doing and can see the difference that it's making. And it took an awful long time, and it, and it and it's a hard press every day to let people understand why it's such a dynamic business to be in, because people have one perception of property. I don't realize how many spurs off there is to that word if you're in that industry. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite, um, I realized early on that what you do is very, very niche. It's, uh, it you know, generally when you look at property, I'm from the property field and a lot of our listeners are. Um, it's kind of you buy a house, you renovate it, you sell it or you refinance it or you might make a HMO or something like that. Now, what you guys do is, is very, very niche. It was uh, it was kind of like an eye-opener to myself when I heard you speak at the 10X event that there's so many different ways you can go into property. Do you mind sharing how you got into, how did you get into the park homes and how were you doing uh, well, the
1: you Well, I'm a gypsy, so okay. I was born in a caravan. So, to me, it's second nature to understand how caravans, static caravans, touring caravans, park homes work. And, um, you know, we can, we can afford to make a profit, manage and sell a park home for 50% less than a like for like bricks and mortar property. Wow. 50% and more in certain areas, but the minimum across the country, the absolute minimum is 50% less than a like-for-like light light bungalow. So we're allowing people to free up capital in their houses that are pretty well locked in. Mm-hmm. The, they have this house, beautiful, but, you know, the bills are killing them, the upkeep's killing them, the maintenance is killing them. You know, all of those things that takes to manage a property. Mm-hmm. And if you don't upkeep that property, the property will deteriorate. We're allowing those people to free up capital in their home, not downsize as in space. They're actually upsizing because they're moving into properties that are bigger, more versatile for their needs because they're semi-retired and retired is the type of customer that we're looking for and the type of resident. Mm -hmm. Um, That's freeing up housing to go back into the housing chain, freeing up capital in their house that they've got to live the rest of their life out, with and live the dream. Mm-hmm. So, does it work? It ticks every box.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah, especially like you know, if they're getting a like-for-like product, and it's you know, it's a better product. I had a quick look at your website, and I was looking at some of the stuff you offer. And as soon as you're inside it, you could be in a you could be in a luxury apartment somewhere in London. You you wouldn't know. Yeah.
1: And also because these there are now. Less and less and less bungalows being manufactured and built mm-hmm. because the builders are making more money out of two up, two down houses, mm-hmm. so they don't want to build low, low, uh, low level bungalows. So park homes are the real affordable bungalows of of this day and age. Right.
0: Okay. What kind of clientele do you have in the bungalows? Um, we have
1: from the council worker, okay, all the way up to the bank manager. There is a wide stream of people that are moving into park homes that are freeing up their capital in their houses because they can see the good sense. Look, we used to live in 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 in, 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 in an economy where everybody's mindset is, "What am I going to leave to my children?" But now the government are taking half of that before their children even get it. Mm-hmm. So society is changing, and those 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 people now are now thinking, hold on, well, I better live for myself. Even their children are saying things, you know, we want you to have a better life. Yeah, of course. So they're freeing up capital that they've built up as equity in their home, buying a park home for fifty percent of the value. Some of them are seventy five percent of the value of the home because they're going for a much bigger, much better park home, mm-hmm. but. A like for like is 50% less. They're putting 50% in their pocket and living the dream. Yeah, They're living the life that they never had. Mm-hmm. And we've all seen our parents struggle. We've all seen our parents how hard they work. So to actually see them having a lottery lifestyle, which is exactly what it is, mm-hmm. because they've got this windfall that 50% of it, or 40%, was going to the government when they died anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it it. it makes
1: good sense. Mm -hmm. There's no stamp duty. Council tax is band-aid, which is the lowest council tax. Electricity is on an average 33% cheaper in a park home. So it ticks all the boxes. Mm. And you're building a community, I guess, as well, aren't you? Every park estate that's there has a community spirit. Crime rate, Is virtually non existent. And if there is any crime, it's really demenial. Someone stole someone's garden. And that doesn't happen. But, you know, it's very menial because it's a community with a community spirit where people are
0: looking out all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Alfie, something you said there where you said we've all seen our parents struggle. Can I take you back to what it was like for you growing up uh, when you were a child? Where were you Where were you born? What was it like watching your parents grow
1: up? And- well, I'm an East Londoner. I'm, I'm from Forest Gate. And, you know, I'm an East Londoner through and through. But we're gypsies, so we travelled around. And uh, my mum and dad uh, travelled, uh, you know, two days beforehand to a place called Lutterworth in Leicester. And I was actually born on the side of the road. Why? Well, apparently, when the doctors turned up, they slapped my mum. <laughs> they said, what have you done? <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm only kidding, you'll kill me for that. Um, the, uh, uh, I was born at Lutterworth. My mum and dad were in, a, in, a, in a, an old caravan, that's where I was born. Um, and we did travel all over the UK. My dad was the original tarmac door knocker. Um, I did that up until I was 12. I only went to school until I was 12. Okay. Um, can't understand why they kept throwing me out, but I did. <laughs> I didn't get thrown out we were just moving from place to place right. um, we had um, for a period of time we had a yard where mum got had a, had a caravan where they pulled the a caravan in the yard and that was at a place called Broxbourne which is sort of north north London
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and would I say it was a hard life do you know it, it wasn't it's about what you're used to and a lot of people say you Know how poor we were. Yeah, financially we were really poor, but actually I was happy.
0: Mm.
1: I, had a, I had a very, very good mother and father, still, you know, thank the best of Lord, I've still got them. Um, and uh, I, I had a very, very good family network, uh, a lot of cousins and, uh, and such uh, and such forth. My mum and dad come from both very, very big families. I think there's 12 brothers and sisters on one side and 14 brothers and sisters on the other. Wow. They've all got big families as well. So there's a lot a lot of first classes. Mm-hmm. Um, we tended not to, to leave each other uh, when we were travelling around the country. Um, but it wasn't a hard life. You know, it was what was the normal. Um, it's only until, you know, you you, you get older And you start seeing people driving brand new Mercedes or brand new Rolls-Royce. You then, you know, start to realise that there is so much more out there than this cocooned life that you live in. Yeah, yeah. And it's um, it's about widening your horizons. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, the moment that I started to notice that and realise that, you know, these were... And you'd listen to how much uh recognition these people would get for having these material things, and that can spur you on. And it certainly spurred me on. Do
0: you remember how old you were when these kinds things were happening?
1: Um, I don't know, three? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. I, I suppose um realistically talking, I would think about twelve or
0: thirteen. Twelve or thirteen. Yeah, yeah. That's so all these were light bulb moments in your head. <laughs> Right.
1: I, I can, you know, I remember there was one particular man that I met who was a traveler man. The name was Nelson Clark. I would say he had a profound effect on my life because I remember he was pretty well the first, you know, traveler that I'd ever seen have a Rolls Royce. Wow. So, you know, he, he, uh, he was a great man in his own, in his own right. He had businesses and operated businesses. And, um, and I think people like him definitely helped me on my way just through the visualisation of seeing what can be achieved.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's a few others, but, you know, he was pretty well, I would say, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had other people say, where do I get my work ethic from? And There's no question about it. It comes from my mum and my dad. You know, they're, my dad's 72 years old, still works seven days a week. Really? Every day. Wow. Every day, and got hands up, bunches of bananas, and, and works like you've never seen. Just full on. But it's what's ingrained in you. Success isn't a magic wand. Success is a habit. Success is a habit of being up, getting up, showing up, and doing what you love. Day in, day out. It's just good habits. Mm-hmm. For instance, If you don't brush your teeth, that's a bad habit, isn't it? Of
0: course it is. Mm -hmm. And that
1: bad habit will rot your teeth. So a good habit is brush your teeth. Mm The minute you've got that good habit, something good's happening, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's about good habits. And most importantly, most importantly, the people that you associate with is everything, Because you will become the mid-range of those people you associate with. If you want to keep learning, don't be the person they're learning from. Right. Okay. Does that make sense? So um at what I would say to you is, you know, with with people that are um that you're learning from, yeah, everybody likes to share knowledge. Because we've all got our niches. Every one of us where, you know, if you look at property that different people do, they've got their niche in it. And I call them cheats right? because you've had to pay the price to learn those. You've had to pay the idiot tax.
0: Mm.
1: And you go, well, why are you doing it that way when you could do it this way? Well, that's not the way it's done. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Is it correct? Is it right? And is it going to cut costs? Mm -hmm. How many times have you looked over a set of plans that an architect's drawing out? You know the building better than the architect. Yep, yep why are we doing that there but you assume because he's the architect he knows that he doesn't, it's about your input because you know the building
0: Alfie, you mentioned something about um, you've got interests in Barbados as well Mm -hmm. now, that seems really exotic and nice, can you tell us some more about those? Yeah, sure Um, I went over there about um,
1: oh five years ago I went on holiday and uh, it's a, it's a beautiful island, very, very rustic, but there is an extortionately amount of wealth there. I mean, a lot of very, very, very wealthy people. But there is also a lot of poor there and a lot of poverty. And um, it, it's a very odd place. And I have a fear of snakes. I have three fears. One, I'm frightened of the dark; One, I'm frightened of snakes the other on the front of the open sea. Okay. But I try to conquer those fears whenever I can because fears are there for us to conquer. And Barbados doesn't have any snakes. So for a hot country in the Caribbean that doesn't have any snakes, I could go running. And, you know, because I don't want to run in the middle of the road and get hit by the car. (laughs) I want to run at the side of the road, but I don't want to get bitten by a snake. So believe it or not, that had an effect on me investing there. Because wow. I felt comfortable,
0: okay. But it's that
1: small thing. Now Barbados um, has had a change of government. The prime minister there, me and Motley, I know personally, and I know very very well, um, and we and we get on. She's a wonderful woman. She's going to do great things for the country. Fantastic, great things. And due to the fact of, of what I've seen that she's been doing, mm-hmm. very down to earth. Um, you know, uh, several occasions we go out and drink at a normal local bar. You know, this is the prime minister of the country. Yeah. You know, she's a, she's, I hate to use this phrase, but she's good stuff. She really is going to make a big change there and making a big change. So there's was another profound effect that caused me to invest more into Barbados.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we will continue to do so because what we're also buying, we're buying on a market that has fell down, right? That is now starting to
0: recover. Okay. So that famous word, below market value, eh?
1: Absolutely. Mm. Um, I can tell you how you buy something always below market value. Okay. And it pretty well works for me across the world. Can you build it for what you're buying it? If you cannot build it for what you're paying for it, you've got to be cheap, isn't it? Yeah. Because they're not going to build any more because you're buying it for less than they can build it for. Good point, that. Forget the land. Mm. I'm only talking about the building cost. cost. If you cannot build it for what you're buying it for, that means they're not building any more and that means you're buying it for less than the builder paid to build it. Right. It works every time. Like by Martin, that, yeah. It works. Mm -hmm. I've used it for 25 years and it has done me so proud because... There's no scientific mechanism, you know, or algorithms that you need, Then mm-hmm. you build it for what you're buying it for. If you're overpaying what to build it for, it means there was a profit left in it. If you're paying less than what it cost to build, it means you lost money.
0: Yeah. Makes perfect sense. It works with everything. Mm. Okay. Um, Alfie, a few years ago, I remember seeing a TV program, and it featured your son, Uh Alphardus uh, Jr. And I remember watching this and it, and it was remarkable because I saw his work ethic at such a young age and I think he was he was doing some kind of cleaning business or selling yeah. some cleaning products and he just bought this uh, this yellow M3 yeah. and I made my 10-year-old son watch this and I said, go and watch that, watch something useful and he couldn't even drive it at the time. And that really got me thinking, uh, part of the thing that we do on this podcast is to try and inspire young business guys coming up behind Or, you know, people that are in the property field or people that are just generally hustling, trying to create a business. And what I wanted to ask you was, what was it like for your son? Were there certain things he saw from you that triggered light bulb moments for him? Because there's no doubt he's successful in his own right. We come
1: from a working class family. I consider myself as poor. So if you start at that level, there is only one way, and that's up. Mm-hmm. The moment you consider yourself as being wealthy, you then have to portray yourself as wealthy. You then have to live like you're wealthy because you're portraying yourself in that way. Mm-hmm. So don't set yourself up to fall down. And I I preach the same lessons to my son. Look at all of these things, like the uh M3 that time, and set them as goals. Do you want them? All there for the taking. You've got to make them happen. Mm -hmm. Now, businesses. And you, you talk about people hustling and I get, I get that. But the best thing that anybody can do is have a business that rolls. What I mean by that, if you've got a hustle, You've got to hustle every day. You've got to go down to the pit of your stomach to sell, to be on it. And the moment you're not on it is the day your hustle stops working. If you have a business that rolls, so whether it's rain, snow, or blow, that business is rolling. It doesn't take you to hustle. Mm -hmm. Because you have a business that's dynamic. And it's very easy. It's extremely easy to take one pound off of a million people than what it is to take a million pound off of one person. Mm-hmm. So look to service people in my in my book at low cost, then give them value because people are creatures of habit. As long as they're getting a service, they'll even pay a bit more for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a policy here in our business. And the policies, yes.
0: Yes. To so everything. Everything. Right.
1: Well, right, let's try that. Mm-hmm. You're a resident that lives on uh, one of our parks, and you want something. What do you want? Do you want a swimming pool?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Answer: Yes. Let's try something else. Electric gates, CCTV camera. Anything you want. The answer is yes. There is nothing that we say no to. Nothing. Right. But it's not yes for free.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's yes, we'll do it. Now we need to make it happen. You just may not like how we have to get to yes, because in this life, nothing's for free. But we can give you the yes. That's a
0: big start. What's the weirdest request you've had? Off the back of that. <laughs> um,
1: to be fair, we don't regard any request as 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 weird. Okay. Because we don't say no. Right. You know, we've had residents that have run up and said, look, we can't afford to pay our pitch fee. Um, So, you know, we don't want to pay. Answer's yes. <laughs> answer's yes. Don't pay. Don't pay. Yeah. But we will recover that money from the sale of your home when your home is passed on to your children, and we will charge interest on it.
0: Right.
1: Because, again, we're not a charity. Yeah, of course. But the answer's yes. Yeah. Our job is to say yes and then find the solution to it. Our job is not to be the hardest thing in the world is to what find a good customer. Of course. So when you've got a good customer, keep him. Mm-hmm. Don't let him go somewhere else.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're constantly working with them. Absolutely great. Um, you've started this new um, property growth um, training program that you're doing that I was asking Brad about earlier. Do you want to let the listeners know what that's about? Because I feel, um, I was talking to Brad earlier, and I said, I feel there's a lot of people out there that are claiming to be gurus. They've done this. They can do this. They can teach you this. And I think you, yourself, you only had to walk around the event and people said fantastic things about you. And the penny dropped when um, everybody said, look, and he's not actually selling anything. He's just giving away loads of value, loads of information, and all I kept hearing was, who is that softly spoken guy who's just giving so much value to everybody? Now, I understand you've got this new property growth. Let me tell you, I've been on a
1: number of different talks. There was a number of television programs um, that, that I've done. I'm doing I'm on um, BBC uh, on this Sunday, as in uh, what Friday, uh, in two days' time. And... I'm a realist. I'm a simple person mm-hmm. doing a simple job. No specialist mechanics behind And a number of events that I went to, there were people that I heard that were teaching people to swim that had never been in the water. <laughs> so that's fine. Yeah. And I get it because there are a lot of good teachers that don't need to be in that profession because they're just good teachers. It's like a school teacher. Mm-hmm. Actually, what they're teaching, they but most of them have never done. Take a geography teacher, for instance, or uh, a religious teacher. They'll be preaching about many different things. but what, They've never been a priest, and they've never been an explorer. Mm-hmm. But yet they're teaching those. So it doesn't make them bad at what they're doing. But I just think, and I don't mean to be crude when I say this. If you want to unblock a drone, you've got to know how to put your hand down the ship. And for me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I've been in plenty of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Nearly lost my shirt really closely. So, and I'm, I'm prepared to say, you know, like these are the hardships I've faced. So I'm not telling people to teach them. I'm telling them what I've actually physically done. And the pain that I've had to go through And the best way to learn, the best way to learn is listen to the mistakes of others. Take them on board because you can't live long enough to make them yourself. Not all of them. So with the Alfie Best um, Property Growth Academy, we set it up because I wanted to be different. And that's a big word, different. But (laughs) I wanted to give people real real, tangible, physical money that they were going to be able to take. And we did that at last event because we had Celia Sawyer here, we had Terry Stone here. Mm-hmm. Now, Terry Stone's a, a film producer, so a lot of people, are, why did you have him here? I said, because we make circa um, £180,000 a year just off the back of Terry Stone. Mm-hmm. How we do that is all of our properties are put out um, on film websites to be used as props, advertising right. filming right these are things that just don't get spoken about, yeah, everybody course. seems to think, oh it's all about h m o it's all about extensions or you know excising the property it's not it's about a property's like a cow, but you've got to know how to milk it mm-hmm. you know if you're milking just on two others, you're only going to get two bits of milk <laughs> there's four, use them all
0: mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. You know, we've all heard the phrase, you can kill a cow once, you can milk it forever. You know, that's exactly what property is. And don't think for any minute that you will ever own a piece of property, because you won't. We never own property. We are custodials.
0: Right.
1: We're custodials of utilizing a piece of property that was here before us and going to be here after us in some form or another. Now, the hierarchy of the nobles, and i use that as a phrase, have known this for decades, generations, and centuries. I was with Lord Marlborough. I picked him up from Blenden Palace, and we flew down to Camelot Castle, and we had some business. And uh, he said to me, he said, Alfie said, uh, I'm just a custodial of what I have to pass on to the next generation. Right, yeah. So he and I, we weren't talking about business or whatever, but he was on it. Very intelligent man, very astute man, but that's ingrained in them. So all I'm doing is passing that information on to say, look, it's not all about one thing and you're following the line of sheep because all of a sudden, HMO is the great new word. Mm-hmm. Student accommodations are the great new word. It's actually about... Taking out value out of property that is physically staring you in the face.
0: Just don't realise it.
1: That you're not using.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, like when I was buying shops, I would only ever buy corner shops. I only ever buy corner shops because I knew there was £5,000 a year to be had out of a hoarding board on the side of it.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: It was that simple. And even the ones and and, and and you know, when all of a sudden you needed planning permission, we would put in planning permission for a sign. But as a sweetener, we would always do it as if it was the council site. Because mm. you know, remember, councils are businesses. And there are good businesses and bad businesses. Mm-hmm. Don't do business in a borough where the council is difficult. Because there are plenty of boroughs that want to do business with good entrepreneurs, good business people. So why go to a difficult borough? We don't.
0: Mm-hmm. Another bit of a, a golden nugget there. But it's true.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. go where they're trying to make your life hard. Want make your life hard? Don't invest.
0: Yeah.
1: And the more people that start thinking like this, the more these councils will start realising they can't act like God.
0: Mm.
1: You know, investment is the lifeblood of any town, village or city. And without it,
0: it dies. mm mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to wrap it up there, Alfie, because I think I'm at the end of my time, but just going to finish by asking you one thing. I ask everybody this. What's one vice Alfie Best could not live without? What's one vice that I couldn't live without?
1: (sighs) The love and support of my
0: family. Oh, fantastic. Thank you very much, Alfie. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in to the J2 Hub podcast with James Sahota. If you like the podcast... Feel free to subscribe so you never miss another podcast from James. And if you got value from this podcast, do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you consume your podcast content from. And remember, you're never too late to become something you truly want to become.